Welcome to the Multifamily Five, where industry experts provide raw information about how they are achieving success in the current market conditions. And now, your host, Dallas-based real estate broker, Mark Allen. And welcome to the Multifamily Five. Excited to have Jim Monk today, president of Closets. Jim's here with me now. Jim, how's it going? Doing great. Uh, how about yourself, Mark? Yeah, doing doing very well. Um, excited to have been connected with you. It's my understanding uh, you're also an investor, um, passive investor in multifamily. So you're passionate about the business, um, and obviously look forward to to learning more about your company closets and how you're helping multifamily owners and operators. Absolutely. Glad to share, actually. So uh, to your point, I am a passive investor. I've been doing it for a number of years and very much enjoyed uh, being in the multifamily space. And that's what partially led me to uh, founding with a, a partner, uh, the closet system and our program uh, for the multifamily space. Okay, great. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and then uh, kind of go into closets and, and how, the, you know, a little more about the idea, how that started and where you're at today with the company? Yeah, I can definitely. So take a little step back about 15 years. My experience is actually in the financial services market. Uh, I've had the fortune of starting three companies in the financial services insurance markets uh, the largest being from the ground floor up, uh, starting literally out of my house to when I exited at the early part of 2008. I was very fortunate to miss or dodge some bullets there. Uh, up to it was 250 million in revenue and 8,000 employees strong when I sold it to a European-based company. So uh, I've had the uh, fortune of being an entrepreneur, starting out at the ground floor and working up into something where we had 46 offices. 8,000 employees. Fast forward, you know, 2008 was hard on a lot of us, and uh, I was exiting out of the business and went into uh, a technology play and uh, did that for a number of years, uh, again, focused in financial services, uh, then exited out of that company uh, around 2013, 2014 as the CEO, and landed with one of my smallest clients at the time, which was a manufacturer, a family-owned business, really neat. I mean, been around 40 years, uh, manufacturing uh, industrial-based products, and uh, they needed a person to come in and turn it around. It'd been on a downward slope since 2009. Came in, and within two years, we had taken that company, myself and the team that I put together, and turned that company around to being one of Inc. 5000's fastest-growing companies. So, Really great success story. The family still runs it. I exited out about two and a half years ago from that because it was just set up to do its thing and on to my next opportunity. And and, and so um, uh, talking to a friend of mine, we're sitting, uh, sitting down having scotches. He actually ran the largest multifamily renovations company, and he and I are talking and just kind of shooting the, the you know the shop and everything. And uh, you know, I asked him, I was like, I'm curious, in the multifamily space, since I'm an owner of multifamily myself, where do you see renovation dollars going? What are you seeing in the grand scheme of things? And, you know, he basically kind of went down this path of, look, I've been in the business 20 years. 
most of us have seen a second or third iteration of a, of a renovation or, you know, we've all went in and did the, the hard surfaces, as many of us that we could uh, in the multifamily space. We've done the hard surfaces, you know, we've went in with quartz, you know, granite, marble, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. We've done the flooring uh, aspects of it. So we're now, you know, going in, ripping out the carpet and putting, you know, plank down hardwoods, whatever it might be. And we've changed out the paint colors. We've went in and changed out the hardware as best we could, again, to try to improve the, the experience and obviously generate higher rent levels. And I'm saying, yeah, that's, that's very true. That's what I've done in my investments and so forth. And as we went on, I said, I'm curious. With all that's been said there, what area of the property hasn't really changed in your years of experience? He thought about it. Uh, he said, let me get back to you. That's a good, a good question. Let me think on that. I'm going to talk to a couple of people I know as well in the industry. Uh, a couple of weeks later, calls me up. He says, you know what? I'll tell you the one area that hasn't changed. It's the closet. Mm. It hasn't changed. It's very utilitarian. It's very dark, very dingy. And so I said, well, thanks for the information. And I went about going on this, well, let's call it a walkabout, for about eight months talking to multifamily developers to owners, to from, from everything from ownership that had 50,000 to 100,000 doors to ones who had, say, a couple hundred, and asking them, you know, what are your thoughts about this, you know, concept of maybe trying to see how we could create something, and as I like to call it, if I could show you an amenity that could increase your rents 3 to 5% with a strong ROI over a couple years, would you be interested? Forget what type of amenity is, but would you be interested? And most people came in and said, absolutely. I'd definitely be open to that. And so what we started looking at is in the new construction marketplace that they're going in with, you know, uh, what let's call a little bit more sophisticated amenity set. They're coming in with nicer, you know, closet systems and, you know, again, different amenities. And as I looked at it, I said, look, 95% of the market, though, is this established existing place that, that I reside in as an investor and that most people are renting it. It's, it's properties that are, you know, less than, you know, they're older than five years on back. And so as we started looking at it, what we determined was that the marketplace was ripe for change, what I call disruptive change in the closet sector, as long as we could make the business case, Mark, that we could see a rent increase of at least three to 5%. Mm-hmm. And again, this is all pre-COVID. And so what we did, was we started working with very large multifamily companies uh, and management companies to beta test the market. And what that was is us going out there just to prove the model. Uh, we started working with Nightbest. So they're one of our leading customers here in the Texas market. We started working with Pinnacle on the management side of things. We've worked with Alliance Residential, the Harbor Group, large-scale companies with big portfolios and large footprints all over the U.S. to start testing this uh, theory that we had that clients today, both the millennials and the boomers, are looking for resort-type amenities. You know, they're willing to pay for these resort-type amenities and feel good about themselves uh, as well. And one of those areas is the closet. And I can get into statistics, but what we did is we developed a calculator based on cap rate, rents, the total cost of installation of a closet system that we do in each property. It's a feasibility study, basically, 
And what we found is that, you know, fast forward now about a year and a half, our average client sees about a three and a half to 6% rent increase. And it's even post, you know, uh, COVID here. And they're seeing up to a 37% rate of return on their investment over about a three and a half to four year period. So it's a very strong number, but more importantly to, to your point, which is what we looked at, one of the case studies that we did do was with Nightvest, where they came in and they invested roughly $400,000 over 340 units. It's, it's quite a large property, A-plus property set. But their, their at sale on that property is going to be a little over or sorry, $6 million in, in increase in value on that $400,000 investment because they're able to justify rents in that particular property of about $45 per month per, per unit. Wow. Okay. So th that's substantial. Now that's not the average, you know, when you consider our average, our average rent increase, if you're looking at a dollar amount is any from anywhere from 20 to $25. And I know a lot of people out there go, you know, that's a really hard thing to chew on considering post COVID and so forth. It depends on where you're at. It depends on the property set, what your competition levels are like in that marketplace. You know, what we like to say, you know, say is, look, do you want to give, you know, in some of these, they're giving concessions. So they'll give concessions and we'll say, look, concessions means that money doesn't really, I mean, you're, you're getting the renter in there. Yes. But you're, you're really not getting more than that out of it. You know, you're giving that up. What about if you came in with a, uh, an amenity that provides value today, but also provides value on the next renter and the next renter. And our product has been designed in a way, and what most people don't think about is, our product has been designed to be a furniture grade product. It's high quality, three quarter inch plywood material, melamine finish, that's like I said, furniture grade, but we do most of our work on the make readies. So as those clients, as those uh, apartments come available, we're going in within a two and a half to three hour period. Our teams are going in and doing installation of that product so they can get the rent uh, capture immediately on the next uh, lease. Or we'll literally ship them the product because we manufacture the product. That's one of the things we learned was early on this concept looked really good, uh, Mark. But what we found out was we have to cut out all the middle people to drive the cost down as much as we can in order to scale this up and be a disruptor in the marketplace. So for us as a manufacturer now, we have three plants. We can cut out all the middle people, the distributors and so forth, and we can sell the product direct for those uh, companies like a night vest that are doing their own self-fulfillment. We will go in, we have actually videos, videos in both English and Spanish. We'll go and train them. We'll have project managers going and train them. And so as those make readies come available, we're shipping them the product uh, and they're doing their own installations and recognizing the benefit immediately. Okay. So you're a manufacturer and installer, um, but you also have a team that can train the on-site staff. Um, let's talk a little bit about, and am I right in saying that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, You have a team that can actually come out and install, but you can also train the on-site staff. That's great. Um, all right, so let's let's talk a little bit. I, I would imagine that the capital outlay is, you know, most are doing these, like you said, on unit turns. So it's you're not going to have a large capital outlay all at once. Is that right? 
That's correct. There are two folds to this. Uh, because we want to be disruptive in the marketplace, there are two things that we found. A number of our clients will come in and say, look, we don't have the budget for this. We love it. We're just not there right now, but we would love to have the product. So we are actually right now in beta tests, and I tell this to your listeners too if they're interested. We're in beta tests right now with a couple of companies to where we closets are doing the internal financing and literally we'll finance the installation uh, for four years at a zero cost interest rate. Because at the end of the day, for us, it's about manufacturing uh, the product and getting it out there into the marketplace to be widely adopted. Mm-hmm. It's not about, and people are, are shocked when I say this, it's not about the hundreds of units that we're installing. It's about the thousands of units that we're installing. So for us, even as a startup, we've installed several thousand units already in just a year period. And this wow. coming year, we're projected to do 10,000 units. Okay. So in, in a post-COVID environment. So okay. We actually are, you know, for those clients that don't have the means today, we can spread it out and get them cash flowing immediately on that particular amenity upgrade. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone else that does this, uh, but, but we believe in it so much that we're doing it. But then the other aspect of it is, is that we, we find ourselves being pulled into renovation projects where there is budget for it, then we're, we're going and doing the renovation uh, and turning our product uh, out there or even in new construction. So we, we find ourselves now, we're actually, as an example, we're bidding out projects in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, Seattle, California, uh, all over the place uh, as it relates to new construction projects. It's awesome. So when I was flipping homes, I'm not really doing that today, but when I was flipping homes, a lot of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s construction homes, a lot of them, uh, depending on the year, um, the, the newer 80s and 90s had kind of the wire frame. And, um, I would always do that, you know, because I think closets, uh, especially the master closet, you know, sells, uh, helps sell homes, just like the kitchens and bathrooms. But yeah, implementing a closet system um, seemed to help improve the value um, and create some kind of emotional attachment. Um, but anyways, just talking about the closet system in general, you know, the closet system is to increase storage space. Am I right by saying that? That is correct. And, yeah. and as much as I love talking about what it does for the resident, and for a lot of them, it, it, it uh, improves the storage space by 53 to 54 percent. It uh, also has an aesthetical appeal in that, that uh, we go with a couple different colors, but the primary color we go with is white mm-hmm. to brighten up the closet space because they can be quite dark or, as some people would say, dingy. And so it lightens the area uh, of, the, of the environment. Um, and it allows people to actually showcase their product, you know, their clothing and so forth if they desire to. You know, the reality is today that we all have access to HGTV and all these different shows that are showing all these different amenities, particularly closet systems. You know, when you go see Tim Kardashian's multi-million dollar closet system, and you know, my wife turns to me and goes, I want that. I go, oh, boy, well, let's see what we can do. And it's no different whenever you're you're in an apartment. We all you know, or, or you're a resident, you want to feel more at home. And that includes the closet space. And what we're seeing post-COVID today is more people staying at home and, you know, ownership looking at going, okay, what more can I do? Because maybe my pool's closed right now or my gym's closed or there's limitations on that. And I'm just saying that that footprint that they have, what can I do now to improve 
the health and wellness or well-being of my residents and, and attract them and, and retain them, frankly. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, can we talk a little bit about the process? What does the process look like start to finish if uh, an owner wants to engage with you? Um, and then I kind of so, have a follow-on question after that. Absolutely. So for us, typically what starts the, the process is, uh, you know, immediately people start asking the question, what's the price? Well, each closet system varies and the footprint varies according to, uh, you know, their, their uh, complex and so forth. So what we do is we'll either ask for them to give us dimensional measurements of the closets or if, you know, we have a team member, they can go out and measure or a partner. We do have certain partners that go out and measure potentially. Once we have those measurements, then we are mocking up what that uh, closet system looks like in that particular unit or units. We then come up with our price point, both as a material cost or as us doing a full turnkey solution for them. Uh, they make their decision of what they want to do. And then we are really getting into their schedule or working with their maintenance team or project manager or head of construction, whatever the, the scenario is, and getting into their, their uh, process of installation. And then once we're installing these, it typically is like clockwork. We're, we're in there and we're doing them, in some cases, for 18 to 24 months, depending on if it's a make-ready situation or, um, you know, um, you know, new construction, it might be a couple months. So it just depends on the scenario. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we're, we're going about the, uh, our way and, and hopefully being right next to our clients, seeing that process. And what's very interesting about this uh, is that typically what happens is we'll start with an apartment complex. And if the ownership has multiples, once they see it working in one, they typically are trying to value add that product in or value engineer it into their their next set of acquisitions or into their existing. Okay. And, and I would imagine that they're probably layering it into their tiered upgraded units. Like if they have, maybe they have a, a whatever, you know, a lot of different brand um, or owners brands, uh, certain packages of units, but maybe there's a classic and then kind of a tier one or tier two. And maybe the tier two has um, that, that upgraded closet system. Is that so, yes, so that's what happens. And again, it, it, I'm seeing all kinds of different uh, varieties of this. If you're talking mid-rise uh, to high-rises, they may call it penthouse and then work their way down to those mid-tiers, a certain level. So right. a certain set, obviously, it doesn't make sense. Or we will streamline it, and meaning that we won't necessarily put in some of the um, like shoe towers, as an example. We won't put those in because, again, it has to make business sense and what can the rent support in order to get that that ri that they're looking for and ultimately affect their noi yeah. but you brought up a very good point a minute ago too which is traditionally where we see the largest movement of the needle on rents in this area for us is that primary closet or master closet that's mark where we see the largest increase and that's about you know if you look at Breaking it up into if you have a second bedroom and a third bedroom, we do have clients that want that. But for the bulk, I'd say 85% of them are installed in the, you know, primary closet uh, bedroom. Then they're moving into a second or third. And again, they're only doing that if they can support, you know, uh, a much higher rent increase. Huh. 
and or and or what they're doing now after an 18 month 12 18 month window we see them coming back to us and saying hey we you did the master closet here we want to go back in and as a lease up opportunity you know this client that's renting from us currently it's resident they want us to put it in a, a second bedroom let's go ahead and do that as a way to take concession or That's very creative, in my opinion. Jim, this seems like, you know, something also that, um, you know, with owners that are preparing to sell here in the next couple of years, um, we always recommend that that owners prove out upside. And if this is something where they can implement on a select sample of units, call it, you know, three to 10 units and kind of prove out that three to 6% rental increase that you're talking about on a, on an upgraded tiered package. Um, uh, and at least in B and C class, and not new to I mean A, B, or C class. Um, I mean, is is that something that you're you're seeing your clients do as well, preparing for a sale? Absolutely, Mark. And so that's a, a good point. Uh, we do see that happening today. I would say that we're we're seeing or forecasting that in tw through 2021 uh, that there's going to be an uptick in transactions, as you know. And what we're seeing our clients today do is position with that type of model where they're going in and putting into a select number, proving that out so that they can get the upside and take some proceeds off the table uh, as they go uh, through that transaction. And then we start working with the new ownership in a rollout process for that particular property or properties. Yeah. Okay. And, and I know that you've seen this implemented in class C properties, maybe built in the sixties and um, uh, you know, workforce type demographic areas, maybe even, lower income areas, what, how, how does this play out in those uh, kind of properties and locations? It's a great question. So we have done this in, I'd say, five to seven complexes. What we typically see is that the ROI is stretched out. It can work. Uh, typically, we're seeing anywhere from about an 8 to $15 rent increase on a monthly basis. And, and that translates out to, you know, depending on what, what their rent levels are, uh, we've seen it, you know, from two to four percent, but because of the cost, what we do is we see it extending out beyond a four, uh, 48 month kind of horizon. Right. It may be a five and a half year uh, play, but we have seen it work. We do have we have seen it work as a differentiator uh, in that in that um, model set or that class. Mm -hmm. One of the things to consider, though, is typically in that C class too. They're smaller closet, you know, they're smaller footprints typically, especially with older properties, they have a smaller footprint in the closet. So there's not as much uh, cost associated with us doing an installation in there as there would be with a, uh, a larger foot footprint. Yeah. Well, it's good to know that all classes of properties, I mean, if the footprint is appropriate, uh, that the tenants are receptive to this. So, well, that's great. Absolutely. Um, Jim, again, I appreciate your time. What is the best way for the listeners to reach out and learn more about closets or connect with you? So I'm very active on LinkedIn. So they can reach out, look for Jim Monk with closets on LinkedIn. Or you can go to our website, which is www.closets.com and uh, fill out the contact us information. And I'll go to one of our sales folks who can consult with you on what our program and, and how we uh, work. Uh, and I'm very open to having the dialogue with individuals do all the time. Oh, well, this is great. 
Jim, I look forward to uh, for your company continuing to grow and also uh, for me to be selling value add closets, closet uh, systems. So um, really look forward to this to, to really uh, take off and, and be a new trend in the multifamily space. Well, thank you, Mark, for the, the time and uh, the, the questions. I think uh, you guys are, you're uh, particularly uh, putting together a really great, you know, podcast here and so forth to get out to the listeners. So thank you again. Yeah. All right. Talk soon. Uh-huh. You there, Mark? Yep. I'm here. Sorry. Let me.